Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about the hidden taxes that result from printing money. Those of you who've studied history will know that anytime you debase the currency by printing, it has the effect of destroying the fabric of a society. This has happened throughout history time and again. And while the rate of inflation has been somewhat low over the past decade, we've been living with it for most of the past century. We've also gone through two major movements that have caused a reduction in costs. They've effectively masked the effect of inflation. The first movement has been the technology revolution. If you think back to the 1980s, even the most basic of personal computers was priced at over $4,000. That was a huge sum of money at that time. It was the equivalent of a couple of months' salary. Today, you can buy a much more powerful computer for under $1,000. Each generation of technology innovation has in fact lowered the cost of many durable goods and lowered the cost of many capital expenses. The second movement has been globalization and manufacturing. Back in the 1970s, most manufactured goods were sourced locally in the same country. China was still a captive economy. Japan was the first country to start exporting manufactured goods in a large way. And today, Most of our consumer goods are made somewhere else, in some low-cost geography, usually in Asia. Manufacturing was outsourced to Japan until Japan became too expensive. Then manufacturing was moved to Taiwan until that was too expensive. Then it went to China in search of lower-cost labor. With its vast population, China seemed like an infinite pool of low-cost labor until cost in China went up. Manufacturers then went to Malaysia, then Thailand, the Philippines, Vietnam, and India. Today, Bangladesh supplies more than its fair share of clothing. We kept driving down manufacturing costs with access to lower-cost labor. That Band-Aid solution eventually runs out when there's no more cheap labor left to exploit. We're not quite there yet. There are a lot of people still earning a lower wage than in the West, but it will happen eventually. When you have inflation, there are multiple hidden taxes, but these taxes don't apply equally to everyone in the economy. Number one, there's a transfer of wealth from the lender to the borrower. This is most clearly illustrated by using a reductionist argument. Let's say a lender loans you a million dollars to help you buy a house. And in today's dollars, that's the amount of money that might be required to buy a house. But over the life of the loan, let's say the currency gets devalued. And after 25 years, that million dollars can only buy you a loaf of bread, not an entire four-bedroom house. The lender got royally ripped off in that deal. Number two, the second form of hiding inflation is the way in which products are shipped used to be the case that when you bought furniture, it would be delivered and you would start using that new furniture that evening. Today, many goods, including furniture, are delivered with assembly instructions and you need to spend several hours assembling your new purchase before you can use it. That's true of a barbecue, a bicycle, cabinetry, tables. The list goes on and on. The rising costs of these goods were somehow offset by delivering the same product at a different level of completion. Many business functions were eliminated through automation, and we've seen shortened lifespan of products through the use of lower quality materials. Back in the 1970s, products were made of metal, and today, they're largely made of plastic. Number three, you got to consider the transfer of wealth that happens to the borrower. Who's the biggest borrower of all? Well, it's government. The government securitizes that printed money in the form of bonds and treasury bills, and those who lose in that wealth transfer are the bondholders. Number four, when the currency is devalued, asset prices increase. The government then charges you a capital gains tax on that phantom increase in value. That increase in value was not a true value increase, but a hidden tax on the devalued currency. Number five, those who are on indexed income, like welfare, social security, and retirement pensions, 
will have their payments indexed to the consumer price index. But since the consumer price index perennially underreports the true rate of inflation, the government gets away with paying lower benefits to those on welfare and retirement. So the government gets to cut expenses without ever having to make the politically unpopular move to cut social benefits by a vote. There will never be a vote in a legislative body to reduce those benefits. It just happens automatically with no vote. Number six, the Federal Reserve keeps interest rates low artificially and in sending the government to print more money by buying back the treasuries and holding those treasuries on their balance sheet. If it were not for the Fed buying back the debt at near zero interest rates, the government would be forced to sell those bonds in the open market. No investor with a brain would buy a bond at 1.5% when the annual rate of inflation is over 6%. You're not keeping up with the devaluation of the currency, and you're going to be taxed on the interest you received. So these are all the hidden taxes that are insidious, that are just sitting there silently robbing you of money. But since you know that is the game, the simple question is, do you want to be set up on the winning side or the losing side of that game? Do you want to be the lender or do you want to be the borrower? The borrower is the consistent winner with the devaluation of the currency. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.